Welcome to A Raw Perspective, A Fresh Point of View. I'm your host, Richard Anthony Wallace. It is a fine Friday afternoon here in the great state of Illinois. It has been a challenging and trying week for me as an individual and the way that society in the United States still treats black people unfairly with a loss of life of George Floyd. I want to take a moment of silence for him. Thank you. And as we progress time and time again, Individuals are exhausted, particularly within the black community, just tired of the same old, same old cyclical thing of murder of black person, protest, slap on the wrist, repeat. My mom says it best. It's the same game, different players. And it just sucks mentally drained, visibly frustrated, and seeing my non-white folks, or or non, excuse me, my non-black folks with their silence. And that silence is very profound because to eradicate systematic oppression, what you have to do is go into those systems and blow it up from within. That's my little tidbit on what is transpiring within the United States and the community. For my international listeners, if you look up George Floyd, you'll see the challenges that are being endured in in these United States of America. I remember a time when, well, I don't remember a time where individuals are just kind to each other. I've never seen kindness expressed for a long period of time. Now, for me, I'm a person that has been working on my mental wellness, my mental health. This whole podcast is about my mental wellness and my mental health because it is literally my journal in voice format. And as I progress through time, hopefully the format changes to video. I'll be able to edit things and speak more pertinent on a bevy of things. And I've always said that this podcast is for people that want to take something away from it or don't. I don't look for a vast amount of followers in in this type of conversation that I'm having mostly with myself. These are just things that come off of my brain. I do a little bit of research on the internet. Make sure that it's credible sources before I go blurt out into the world what I'm trying to say. Because sometimes we get misinformation from the interwebs and people go 
off of it like a bat out of hell. And I've always wanted to make sure that if I am going to be practicing my mental wellness and providing content, I want to make sure that it's perceived accurate content. Today's topic is about kindness. When was the last time that you were kind to somebody? When was the last time you did a kind thing for somebody? And what I mean by that, a lot of people say that they do nice things for individuals. And I want to distinguish the difference between kind and nice. Saying, I'm a nice guy. What does that really mean? Why not be a kind guy? Especially like dating. It's like, oh, I'm a nice guy. Nice guys finish last. Well, there's a reason for that. As I was doing my research and and trying to come up with this topic, I landed on an individual by the name of Kevin Ellerton. He has a book called Reboot Your Brain, The Daily Mediations, The Daily Meditations for Love and Relationships. And he took this tidbit about talking about the difference between kindness and being nice. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that and what I received from that book. So I wanted to say that the difference between being nice and being kind is night and day. Yet people often use these two words interchangeably, assuming that they're basically the same thing. Well, I hope I can clear up this misconception with this this podcast. So a little preview. Kindness is described as rooted in love. Niceness is rooted in fear. And we're going to dive in a little bit about the difference between the two. So I went on the internet to look up the definition of these, these two, two words, nice and kind. Nice is an adjective. It means pleasant or pleasing or agreeable in nature or appearance. Socially and conventionally correct, refined, and virtuous. While kind is another adjective having or showing a tender and considerate and helpful nature, used especially of persons and their behavior, categorized by mercy and compassion. Look, a nice person is one who conforms to their behavior to what they, they believe society sees as nice. A kind person doesn't necessarily care about what society thinks of them. They act out of the deep-rooted love for their fellow living beings. On surface, this might not seem to be a very important distinction. However, when we look deeper at the roots of these two behaviors, patterns, we see two very different human beings, if I say so myself. See, the nice person is focused on themselves. They do nice things in order to be perceived by others and by themselves as a nice person. The kind person is focused on others. All they want is to relieve the suffering of the living, conscious creature in front of them. When we dig deeper into these two personalities, we find that they're often diametrically opposed. Is how I look at it. 
The kind person, in my perspective, is strong. The nice person is weak. The kind person is selfless, uh, self selfless, and the nice person is selfish. The kind person feels empathy. The nice person is narcissistic. The kind person is happy. The nice person does not know happiness. Ultimately, the core of the kind person is genuine love. And the core of a nice person is fear. Now, before you accuse me of ridiculous, rampant hyperboles, let's look deeper into the root of these behaviors. Where do niceness and kindness come from? So let's start with the root of niceness. Let's take an example. In the jungle, amongst humans and other primate cousins, there's a general rule when it comes to power. The weak submit to the will of the strong. You can look at any history book. You can look at the circle of life, Lion King, all that shit. A person who feels weaker than another has an evolution imperative to be nice in order to gain the favor of the stronger person. One might substitute the word submissive here. This is very deeply engraved evolutionary behavior, which is shared not only with our primate cousins, if you want to call them our cousins, but as a wide variety of other mammals as well. See in the animal kingdom all the time. So, for example, if there's a strong warrior or king... Or someone in tribe who kills everyone that they don't like. People will tend to be nice to them. They'll do whatever they can to please them in order to stay on their good side. If you're successful in making this person your friend, they're less likely to kill you. You'll even gain power by association. That's usually how niceness would be summed up. In today's organized society, most people are nice just about every, just nice, they're just nice about everyone that they meet. In our civilized world, we aren't usually called upon to submit to the will of some random powerful stranger. Instead, power is centralized in the hands of the society at large in the form of, quote unquote, the law. Instinctually, we humans, we, We adapt our behaviors to become submissive to society. The most basic driver for submissive behavior is the fear of being on society's bad side. The same way one would be in fear of being on the bad side of a powerful, bloodthirsty warrior, king, queen, supreme leader, whatever. In regards, niceness arises from fear. Of course, the nice guy tends to be even nicer than usual when a person in particular power is around. Aside from the basic fear of becoming a target of this person's wrath, there's another motivation for being extra nice then. Let's say, for example, if you had a powerful friend, you gain power by association. When you want something but, for whatever reason, aren't unable to get it, 
your powerful friend might be able to help you get it. Hey, it never hurts to have friends in high places, right? It's, you know, the whole nepotism, meeting CEOs, step the niceness up a notch, so on and so forth. The sad thing is that the powerful people in our world often tend to be the evil ones. You can look at the United States of America, if you don't believe me. As a generality, people gain power by wanting it and taking it. And powerful people are usually the ones who have spent their lives taking power by stabbing naive, trusting good people in the back. So ironically, we end up with is a society filled with lots and lots of very nice people eagerly doing the bidding of these demons, supervillains, assholes who take advantage of them. Oh, how those righteous demons look surrounded by the hordes of nice and loyal followers. In this regard, niceness arises from selfishness, greed, and the desire for power. So in total, niceness arises from the combination of fear, selfishness, greed, and desire for power. I'm inclined to wrap this particular group of co-occurring personalities attribute up in a bundle and give the simple one-word label that would just make things easier. I think the word evil is suitable for this purpose. And the evil embodied by the nice person is simply a more subtle, submissive form that of, for example, a supervillain. But wait, there's more. Not only does niceness arise from an evil core, it's even its mode of expression is evil. Nice behavior is inherently dishonest. Nice behavior fundamentally involves the submission of one's own will to the will of another or of society. When a person does this, they hide the truth of what they actually want as an individual and only expresses what other people want to express. This behavior are not in line with their own interests. This person is not being honest sometimes even with themselves about what they want. I like to use supervillains in this example. So let's say, for example, a supervillain is obviously evil because they are open about what they want. A nice person is secretly evil because they hide what they want. At least a supervillain is honest. A person can have a core of selfishness, greed, a desire of power, and still be an honest human being. They become what might be referred to as an assertive asshole. They want money, wants power, and they'll tell you so in no uncertain terms. If you don't want to deal with that, you can leave. If you do, you can deal with that person at your own risk. But at least they give you a choice. The nice person wants the same thing as the asshole. But they trick you by keeping their intentions out of sight and out of mind. Here's the sneakiest kind of evil person. The one who makes you think that they are good. Niceness. It's most is Satan's most dangerous invention if you believe in Christianity and all of that. 
I, I, I would say meditation can help in order to cure advanced nice personality disorder. You need to focus on practicing your honesty, your assertiveness, your self-awareness, your ethical judgment, and your kindness as well. That was a whole spiel about niceness. Now let's talk about the actual concept that we want to talk about. The root of kindness. Kindness arises from a completely and utter, utterly different place. While niceness arises from the selfish desire for personal gain, kindness arises from the basic human instinct to support life and oppose death. This is what we call compassion, or the basic human attribute of good, as opposed to evil. Kindness isn't limited to helping others. One can be kind to oneself as well. In this, in this, we'll we'll focus on kindness towards. Uh, excuse me, we'll focus on kindness towards others. Kindness can really be broken down into three steps. Step one, I would say, is empathy. A clear perception of the subjective world experienced by the living being. Two, compassion. The resultant instinct to improve this perceived subjective experience. And three, which is kind of redundant, but it's kindness. The actions arising from the experience of compassion. The natural human instinct of compassion arises when we become aware of the subjective world experienced by a living being. The awareness is called empathy and can be directed towards oneself or another being. Compassion manifests as a byproduct of empathy. It arises as a simple urge to help someone who is suffering, to bring strength to the sick and smile to the sad. While we can easily understand and communicate the concept of niceness through human language, empathy and compassion are almost impossible to understand simply by reading these words, thinking about the concepts of, of what is kindness. There are several reasons for this, though at the core they stem all from the same truth. Language and niceness is more left brain. Compassion is more right brain. Language and niceness is more logical. Compassion is more emotional. Language and niceness comes from the head because you're always thinking about stuff and compassion generally comes from the heart. We can use language to talk about niceness because niceness arises from logical thought. Language and niceness are next door neighbors to the left half of the human brain. Give this, give that. Do this and that happens. Pretty much linear, right? cause and effect. Niceness, quote unquote, makes sense. Compassion, on the other hand, is an emotional instinct. It's outside of the realms of logic and cannot easily be explained through human language. Since empathy and compassion are emotional phenomenons, beyond the grasp of the rational mind, the only way for us to truly understand this is through direct and emotional experience. The easiest way that for you, for, or for anybody, 
To experience these emotions firsthand is by practicing loving kindness anywhere you go, which is just pretty much generation empathy and compassion. Most people experience these emotions in daily life, but often don't notice them. For that reason, the average person is unaware that they can strengthen the parts of their brain associated with empathy and compassion and even generate these emotions at will. In fact, you'll find that your own experience of empathy and compassion and kindness towards all living things is far more important than the silly questions of whether or not they deserve it. But let's not get into this just yet. I just want to make sure that you understand the difference between niceness and, and kindness. So. Be happy. Be kind to yourself and have a good life. Kind people tend to be the happiest people on earth. There's a very simple reason for this. The part of the brain that was responsible for generating empathy and compassion is not only used for doing kindness towards others, all it does is generate the feelings of empathy, compassion, love, and kindness. These feelings become infused in every interaction, every, every relationship, especially in your relationship with yourself. This is one of the most powerful of the fact, factors that contributes to the happiness of a human being. Kindness develops the part of your brain that generates love for yourself and love for others. Loving people, loving themselves. And you know, cold people are usually cold towards themselves. If you love yourself, you're your own, in sense, your own best friend. You spend every moment of your life with your closest friends, who's always there for you when you need them. If you don't love yourself, on the other hand, you'll spend every waking moment of your life with an enemy, or worse yet, with a disinterest acquaintance. As RuPaul, RuPaul Charles says, how to, <laughs> if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you supposed to love anybody? Can I get an amen? That's literally what this is talking about. You have to learn to love yourself. So loving yourself isn't about thinking you're awesome. In fact, love isn't about thinking at all. Thinking and love are essentially opposite if you really think about it. Thinking is the rational thing on the left brain and love is the emotion on the right brain. Thinking is critical. Love is unconditional. People who think that they're awesome tend to be arrogant, self-absorbed, and narcissistic. Unfortunately, the type of love that they've had for themselves is not love at all. It's a delusional ego defense mechanism. Now, to generate real love for yourself, you must develop the part of your brain that is responsible for generating love. Once you have a constant flow of love coming out of your brain, you can direct that stream wherever you want, including deep into your own soul. Let's go of judgment, both good and bad, and enter into a realm of emotion. This isn't about judging yourself as good. This is a realm of thought. This is about generating the emotion of real, true, unconditional love for yourself.
love yourself the same way your mother loved you or the way that you love your own child. You your own, you are your own best friend is how I want to put it. Now you got to act like it. What I'm saying is you got to have a positive effect on those that are around you. When you are nice, you are helping people that really don't need your help to get things that they really don't need. When you are kind, you're helping people who really need your help to get things that they really need. Again, niceness is most directed towards people who already have some sort of power by holding the door for a lady who could have easily have opened it up for herself. You save her an ounce of effort while creating an exception of courtesy in return. By being respectful towards the king, you avoid getting him an excuse to make himself angry and express the self man the selfish demands, excuse me, of his ego while creating an expectation of pleasantness in return. All that the nice person really did was for any ugh, can't talk to them. So what I'm trying to say is they just made things a bit easier for themselves. The lady didn't have to use her own arm to open the door. The king didn't have to use his own emotional skills to deal with unpleasant emotions. You may notice, ironically, in the very act of making things easier, the nice person has taken a bit of power away from the person to whom they were nice to. A person who opens the door for themselves has a feeling of self-respect and independence. A person who deals with their own emotions understands that they alone are able to create their own happiness. And both people become stronger through every action they perform on their own behalf. Now what I'm saying is, I'm not saying that chivalry isn't dead. You can still open up doors for people. But just in that concept, you're taking that power away because you're expecting something in return, subconsciously or consciously. It's the niceness effect. The nice person technically isn't actually helping. They're simply manipulating the person they're nice to. Through this nice act, they dictate the actions, the, the next actions of the person that they pretend to be helping. By creating these expectations, they create a situation in which the other person must give something back. You see what I'm see where I'm going with this? Kindness, on the other hand, is most often directed towards people who don't even have the power to help themselves. By helping, let's say, a lost girl find their mother, you save that person at least for a very few minutes of intense suffering, possibly worse. By helping a dog get to their vet to save their life, actually done some valuable service to objective kindness and giving your own power to someone who really needed it. Someone who was the recipient of your kindness may decide to reciprocate, but this expectation of repayment doesn't come from you. An act of niceness does not come with an association feeling of fulfillment. It's only done in expectation of reciprocation. An act of kindness, on the other hand, feels good for the giver. People tend to recognize an act of kindness as a reward unto itself. It arises from empathy and compassion. It's an instinct. Thus, 
the kind giver tends to wave off any expectations of reciprocation that may arise in the recipient. Since niceness is always tinged with selfishness, the action that is spawned would be intended as well. Since kindness doesn't involve self-interest and is fully focused on individual being helped, it tends to have more powerful effects. How about being a better person in relationships with the other? A good friend is kind, not nice. A good lover is kind, not nice. A good parent is kind, not nice. A good son, daughter, brother, sister is kind, not nice. Kindness comes from wanting another person to be happy. It manifests as actions that support and strengthen that person and overall improve their experience of life. Niceness comes from wanting something from another person, be it emotional, sexual, behavioral, financial, or otherwise, whatever. Which friends would you rather have? The ones who constantly trying to improve your life or the ones who is constantly trying to get something from you? Which kind of lover would you rather have? Which kind of parent, son, daughter, brother, sister, whoever? Which kind of stranger would you rather meet? What kind of person would you rather be? A kind person puts out a kind of magnetic, attractor field of love. Everyone drifts towards them because they know they have a good intention and wants everyone to be happy without asking for anything in return. The only person who don't drift into the magnetic attractor of a kind person are evil people. <laughs> Someone who has an evil complex, which I mentioned previously, doesn't want to be happy. Evil person only hates others, but they hate themselves as well. The area in the brain which is responsible for warmth and love are not well developed and thus this projects coldness and disinterest towards everyone, including themselves. The evil person doesn't want any kindness from the kind person. They don't feel they deserve it. All this person wants is for people to do what they ask and tell them what to do. Thus, the evil, safe the evil self-hating, controlling person gravitates towards the nice person. While the good, self-loving, happy person gravitates towards the kind person. As, I, as, I, as I'm talking, what all this adds up to is that if you are a nice person, you attract evil people in your life. Your closest friends and lovers are the type of people who like to have everything their way. They're dominant, aggressive, selfish, and greedy. They tend to have a deep-seated unhappiness which they spread to everyone around them so that they won't feel so alone. This type of dominant evil person is attracted to submissive evil nice people who are their natural henchman, psychic, servant, whatever. Now, if you're a kind person, on the other hand, you'll attract good people in your life. Your closest friends and lovers are the type of people that will want the same thing you do. To be happy and healthy, to do what they can to help the less fortunate. They have deep-rooted happiness. They spread joy to everyone around them. 
so that everyone can be happy together. This type of good person attracts us to other good people who are natural allies, friends, and lovers. Besides just attracting good people in your life, making people want to be around you and having good effects on others, empathy is the thing that allows you to form real emotional, spiritual bonds in the first place. Empathy brings warmth and love into a relationship. Kind people form deeper bonds with other living beings than nice people do. If your empathy level is low, all your relationships feel cold and distant, even the quote-unquote closest ones. If your empathy is high, all your relationships feel warm and connected, even your most fleeting ones. One thing that I do want to talk about is, you know, sex, like sex, period. Sex doesn't come naturally to nice people. <laughs> Niceness is coli-logically left-brain phenomenon. Sex is more heated, emotional, right-brain experience. Sex and the left-brain intersect in the realm of power instead of love. Sex is not something that flows naturally in pol- politeness land. New partners don't come along all the time. The nice person is usually too timid to make a move when the moment is right. It is only when blatantly obvious opportunities come along (laughs) with the acceptable evidence of implicit and explicit permission to move in that this person is willing to approve a strategic option. Even then, the advance will be awkward. The relationship will shift from politeness to platonic to aggressive and sexual in a very short period of time. This feels very real for both partners and not conducive for starting a healthy relationship. More often, an aggressive person comes along and picks up the nice ones. The nice person ends up as a submissive partner in a polarized sexual relationship. They are also prone to be mistreated, disrespected, and eventually discarded by the aggressive dominant one. In this world of the kind person, on the other hand, sex is a natural part of life. Not conceptually like in the politeness land, but technically, but practically in everyday life. The kind person wants everyone to enjoy their subjective experience of life. They spread love and good feelings in themselves and others. They look deeply into people's eyes in order to see the souls of the living beings around them. They're also naturally touchy and have a habit of touching others during the course of everyday communication. These are things that feel good for themselves and for the people around them. Why wouldn't a person touch it gently, touch another person gently and deeply into their eyes and make them feel deep empathetic connection by seeing into the subjective world? This is how people relate to everyone. It's the best way to know how to relate to people. Most people like to be touched. Nearly everyone likes to be understood. If someone doesn't like to be touched or understood, that person is likely living in a lonely, cold, and gloomy world. They could use a bit of human contact anyway. For the kind person, this type of warm, close connection interaction is a win-win most of the time. Sex flows very naturally from this way of being. Partners are in abundance, and there's no awkwardness. There's no moves All the kind people want is to give pleasure to themselves and to other 
partners, it's a flow. It starts at first sight and escalates from there. Some people will flow with it. Some people won't. Some people have a stopping point. Some people don't. With the right person, the pleasure giving escalates and escalates. And it just doesn't stop escalating. Overall, the kind person is swimming in a sea of potential partners. As a kind person will often have a large array of options for romantic partners, they usually choose someone who is not just a pleasure taker, but a pleasure giver as well. True, Truly kind people tend to go together in relationships and end up with mutually fulfilling and satisfying roles. Given and taking are balanced. The relationship is based on love, not power. Selfish power games are non-existent. Empathetic connections is deep as the Pacific Ocean. And love is abound. And if you want to have a good relationship, learn to be kind. Especially if you're a heterosexual male. In my opinion, the worst situation to be in in terms of sexual dynamics is to be a nice heterosexual male. Maybe I'm partially to the plight of the sexually frustrated quote-unquote nice guy because I was one for such a long time. For all those... Nice guys out there, here's an interesting side effect of this evil, selfish behavior. Women are positively repelled by nice guys. Have you ever noticed this? Like, I've seen this time and time again. There's there's a book that's called No More Mr. Nice Guy. It's by Robert Glover. Um, Robert Glover urges men to repent and change their evil ways. He goes into a full, in-depth way how to... Turn your niceness into kindness. Can you imagine why women might be repelled by nice guys? Uh, the process of natural selection is relatively simple. Everyone is competing for resources. The strong are able to feed and protect themselves and their family. The, the quote-unquote weak are not able to do that. So they and their families have, let's say, survival issues. And that's a fact of life. All I'm saying is showing compassion, empathy, and love will go way over than just, quote-unquote, being nice. Like, for me, in my example, I want to be kind to every person that I meet. I want to share my level of empathy, my share of compassion, my sense of emotion, and make sure that I care for others. Especially when people are struggling, when people are hurting during this time. That is the type of person that I want to be to help others. And be able to give them a sense of joy without reciprocating anything in return. For example, I, I, I gave a gift to, to, to an individual because they had you know, fractured their knee and they were in the house cooped up. They wanted some things to do so that they weren't bored. So I got this person a few Lego sets. Said no questions asked. Go for it. I don't need anything in return. Just I wanted to bring a little bit of joy in your life. Because you did that. Because you, you got hurt. And I wanted to make sure that you are you know, not bored around the house. So that's what I did. Uh, I, I, I donated to different causes to make sure that, that things are going on. Um, so what's happening in Minnesota, I, I donated to the relief fund because that 
bails out individuals that are that are protesting for the loss of life. I've 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 done those things. I don't I don't want a trophy for it or anything. I just want to let you know that me doing these kind things for the greater good, I feel good about myself. I feel good about giving a sense of hope, a sense of love, a sense of compassion, a sense of kindness towards others. I don't expect anything in return. As I've grown up older in this life, I don't anticipate anything from anybody. I don't I don't expect to receive anything from anybody. That's just me. I know that I'm usually not the person to reach out to people and whatnot, but if people call me up, I will respond. I will give a sense of love and a sense of compassion towards that. That is the type of person that I was raised to be. I was raised by two loving parents that believed in compassion, empathy, and kindness. And that's how I want you to continue to do this in my life. Utilizing empathy, compassion for others. So, I'm going to close by saying, who deserves kindness? To a truly kind person, this is a meaningless question. This is what I was just talking about. Kindness comes from within, and it comes from your own heart. It's something that you could not hold back if you wanted to. This is like asking, who is deserving of being seen by my eyes? (laughs) Your eyes see what they see, right? Your heart feels what it feels, and you do what you do, right? Every living being is deserving of kindness. More precisely, every living being can be an object for your empathy. Every living being has the same core experience, trying to stay alive and trying to avoid death. Even as trees grow and try and get nutrients from the soil or plants or whatever, every living thing seeks life and tries to avoid death. We all know that we are trying to delay the inevitable, which is death. When you strip away all the details that come with the complexity of human life, you end up with this very simple core. Everything a person does is an attempt to further those ends of extending life and delaying death. Even reproduction extends life and delaying death. A child is an extension of one's own life. Hell, I may die in 50 years, but my seed would live on in a form of, of, of love and compassion if, if I ever have that privilege to procreate. In that sense, I will not die until my bloodline runs out. So, and that, that's a very deep instinct if you run it back millions of years, like if you go back to like evolution. And we get all, all the way back to like the first single cell organism that extended life by splitting itself into two. You know, that's, that's pretty trippy that, you know, our original ancestors or these crazy little single cell organisms that are still alive today in the form of all life. Isn't that crazy? But every living being is deserving of your kindness.
We are part, all part of the same compost. We're born to die. We go back to the dust when you call it, call it like it is. We're all headed toward the final end. And we're all afraid to lose this beautiful thing that we have called its consciousness. It's what we all have. But life is too short for you, me, and for the ants in my backyard. So let's just make it good for everyone. Let's just, just be kind to everybody. That's all I got to say. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. My name is Richard Anthony Wallace. This is A Raw Perspective. Peace.